thank you for joining in to another episode of Coming Off the Bench, uh, another coronavirus special. Uh, I am your host, Chase Bitzer. Joining me tonight are co-hosts Logan Crow and Ryan Cress. Logan, how are you doing tonight? Doing excellent. How are you, Chase? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. I appreciate that. Uh, Ryan, do you how do? Never been better. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Yes, a Mother's Day special. Shout out to all the moms out there. Um, love you guys. Keep it simple. Uh, I love all the moms. That's right. I just said that. Uh, <laughs> all of them. Even Logan and Ryan's it. moms. Yeah, I know. It's, wow. Uh, um, yeah, you know, hey, that's just how it is. Uh, tonight, got some good stuff in store. We're going to talk a little bit about um, actually pretty much all of the uh, – different sports uh, leagues that we would normally get into. Um, we've been normally hitting the NFL a little bit heavier with all of the, you know, info that's been kind of coming out and everything with um, the whole uh, draft and everything going on. Um, with that being said, though, uh, we will go ahead and get into it. Now, we always start every uh, episode, obviously, with an introduction. Uh, so tonight's introduction is going to be uh, favorite food, uh, entree specific. So, Logan, what is your favorite food? Uh, I'll go something that's a little generic, but I think that's why I love it is I'll go tacos. You can do so many things with it, so many foods, different meats can go on it. I mean, endless varieties. So I, I'll go tacos. Where's the best taco you've ever gotten? Yeah. Um, taco Bell. I don't remember the name of it. I was traveling for work four years ago and I was in Arizona and the field rep took me to this Tex-Mex spot. I don't remember the name. Uh, I, I don't even remember what kind of taco it was, um, which probably doesn't make it that memorable, but I remember that was like the best taco and like Southwestern food that I've ever had. So you go for tacos, no burritos, no fajitas, no, none of that, just tacos. No burritos too messy fajitas. Eh. Sometimes, but <gasps> usually tacos. I'm a big fajita guy. You can't go wrong with tacos, though. Tacos are solid. Yeah, agreed. Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like tacos are, are the supreme out of, like, if you're thinking about, like, a burrito. I agree. Burritos are kind of messy. But, uh, I mean, I was thinking, like, maybe, like, a quesadilla, but they're kind of bland. Yeah. You know, quesadillas are. Yeah, I've um, never had so. a quesadilla that made me jump out of my seat. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, with that being said, Ryan, what is your uh, favorite food, Andre? Uh, I got to go with a lobster tail. You know, that's kind oh, of, wow. uh, I guess last week I went with scotch, and now I'm going lobster tail, so I guess I'm just a snobby one. But um, Yeah, you're a fancy class living. I, yeah, I guess. But, man, a properly prepared lobster tail with drawn butter, that you just can't get any better than that for me. So I got to go with that. Love that. Love that. Uh, Logan, do you like lobster tail at all? I couldn't, tell you, the, I couldn't tell you the last time I had lobster, so I, I don't even remember. Have you come but, out to the coast and gotten crab? Not yet. I mean, I uh, have, but it's not. It, it hasn't been anything that memorable. Maybe I'm not going to the right spot. Kelly's Marina? You should come out to Kelly's Marina. There you go. Shout out to Kelly's Marina. Anyone that's on the Oregon coast, you're missing out. You don't eat there. <laughs> or... Anybody that's listening from Cali's Marina, hey, we're looking for sponsorships 24-7, so, <laughs> <laughs> you know, hey, uh, I'll take a buck or two to, to give a shout-out for Cali's <laughs> Marina. 
Um, yeah, I love that. Well, I'm going to go, uh, mine, mine's a good old classic American, uh, choice. So I, it's very, I guess you would consider it to be the like white girl, basic Starbucks choice of a food for a man. And I, I got to go with a good old fashioned burger. Um, I love a good, love a good cheeseburger. Uh, where's the best burger you've ever gotten? Oh, best burger I've ever gotten. You know, I don't know that I can I can specifically say as far as uh like if I can remember just one place, but there is a place right up the road for me here down in southwest Florida. It's it's called Keg and Cow. So it's a it's a small little obviously like a little uh like brewery mm-hmm. style type. It's they've got like forty plus different craft beers, so Tori likes that. Um, and then obviously the cow being for their burgers and obviously that's what they're known for. Um so I, I do like their burgers, um, and I feel like, you know, the thing that uh, I always look for within a burger is make sure it's, like, reasonably priced. Like, you get good quality, but, like, I don't like going to places where I'm paying, like, $16 for a cheeseburger. Yeah. Because I'm like, that that's just overkill. Um, I feel like most places are between, like, 9 and $11. So, um, and even then, that's still, like, overkill, considering the fact that you think that they probably bought that burger for, like, 50 cents. So... Um, I don't like getting price gouged, uh, but I'm sure basically what I was saying with that is I'm sure some of the places with the best burgers are like places that charge like $20 for a burger or something. But I've just never been a person that's willing to like spend that much money on a simple entree like that. Well, I was going to ask, have you ever have you heard of the Terminator? I have not. In uh, Columbus, it's like uh, did you ever watch the show Man vs. Food? Yeah. Did yeah, he go so to he there? Went, yeah, he went to there, and it's a, a lot of people at Ohio State have tried it. It's this massive burger that people try to eat, and I don't know what the time is. It's 30 or 30 minutes or an hour or something, but yeah, that's 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 like the big burger thing to do in Columbus for sure. I'd have to. Uh, I'll try it if I make it up to Columbus. Um, I've been there a few times. Been to a couple of Blue Jackets games. Yeah, uh, I like Columbus as a city. It's nice. But uh, shockingly enough, one place I do remember has a good burger. I haven't had from in a while because I don't know if it's like I don't know like where they're all specifically located. But um, there were a decent amount of them in Ohio. It was a Quaker Steak and Lube. Mm-hmm. Um, shockingly, for them being like a, a wing specific place, they actually had a pretty good burger. Um, I used to always get get a burger there. It was like a barbecue burger. I remember it. You know, um, I'm a little disappointed, like you Chase. I thought for sure you were gonna say beef stroganoff, but you didn't. Dude. Don't get me wrong. I love me some beef stroganoff. All right. We don't need to get back into that. Uh, listen, don't get me back into the beef stroganoff. Um, no, dude, I couldn't even tell you the last time I had beef stroganoff. Uh, but what? anyway. You're a yeah. fraud. Um, I am. I know. I know. Um, but speaking of frauds, this is a great transition. Um, Earl Thomas <laughs> is a fraud. <laughs> that's, that's a professional transition right there. Professional <laughs> transition right there. You heard it here first. Logan loves it. I can tell. He's speechless, which is when I know I've done my job well. Um, but Earl Thomas is going to be our uh, first headline tonight. Um, Earl Thomas, uh, probably uh, one of the uh, Ryan's favorite players, if I had to take a guess, or at least at one point one of his favorite players. I, I don't know about it anymore. Um, but in the headlines, Earl Thomas uh, was quoted or seen as cheating on his wife. Um, but the interesting part about it was that he cheated on his uh, wife with 
his brother and some random women. So I guess essentially what happened, and Ryan will correct me if I'm wrong, because since he's such an avid Ravens fan, I'm sure he knows the entire story. Right. Um, but essentially what had happened was is Earl Thomas uh, and his fiance or excuse me, wife got into an argument. Um, it was a pretty heated altercation. He left, went to his brother's house. Basically, his wife found him there and went in there with a loaded gun. She took out the magazine. Um, and I guess she thought it was empty, or at least she claims she thought it was empty, but I guess she didn't realize that there's this thing called there's still one in the chamber. So she had a bullet loaded, and she pointed it at him when she went in there and basically, like, threatened him, you know. And she said that the main point was that she wanted to just scare him was essentially what she wanted to do, but that she didn't realize that there was a bullet in there. But later in the article, I had read that one of the women that was in the bed with Earl Thomas and his brother had gotten her phone out and taken a video of the entire altercation. And in the video, she was within like five feet of Earl Thomas' wife. And apparently she had her hand or her finger on the trigger. Mm. And in the video, you could also see that the safety was off. Mm. So like this That's woman good. was like literally packed, like packing heat. Well, I was so, about to say, uh, I, was, yeah. I wanted to get this joke in there. Earl Thomas is a strong safety. I, I thought the gun must have had a strong safety, but I guess it was off. No. But it's... Uh, but it's... Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, love that joke. Um, no safety on the gun. No safety for the Baltimore Ravens anymore. Um, well, he's no. not dead, so we still have a safety. That's true. Shoot. He's not so, dead. That is true. Uh, yeah, no, the altercation happened back in April. So it's kind of weird that the whole thing is just kind of like surfacing now. Um, but, hey, you know, it is what it is. Um, but nonetheless, I, I just thought the interesting part was like this dude was in bed naked. Like, oh, by the way, everybody was naked. Um, obviously, if you didn't pick up on that. What? Wait, yeah, they, weren't, I know. they weren't practicing social what? distancing? No, not only were they not practicing social distancing, but they weren't even like playing like Twister. Can you imagine how <laughs> big of a bed that must have been? Yeah. That must well, be if big. you're Earl Thomas's brother, you probably have like a California king. I don't, I don't know. What does Earl Thomas's brother do? Who's Earl Thomas's brother? I don't know. If I was Earl Thomas's brother, I'd probably ask him for money all the time. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't work a day in my life. I'd just be like, yo, my brother's Earl Thomas. Like, I don't have to do anything. He'll just give me money. I mean, come on. Like it's your seven. brother. You got to. Would you give money to your brother if you were a professional athlete? Uh, Yeah, I wouldn't get yeah. in bed with him. That's where I was going to go next. <laughs> so, so uh, you know, I don't know if it's quite the equal comparison. No, uh, no, no. The money part, <laughs> yes. But that's what I thought was most interesting about the story was the fact that he was in bed with his brother. Um, so I'm not really sure, like, like how do you even, like, approach that conversation? Yeah, you Mother's know? Day must be a little awkward. Yeah. Just get the, just get the fam together, you know? Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. Uh, it must be yeah. a little awkward. I, I don't even know how that comes up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, even if you are like upset with your wife and you're like, like, yeah, I need, I need like some therapy or something like that. So I'm about to bring in some women. With, like, at what point do you add in? Like, oh, by the way, like my brother's gonna be there. Like, like I don't know, man. It just, it just to me, I just know. Like, is, that, is that like a like a casual slide in there? Like his brother was like, oh, like don't forget about me. And then it was just like like joined in. I don't know, man. It's weird. 
I think uh, my my personal favorite part was that afterwards he tweeted or something and just said stuff happens. It's like <laughs> I, I don't know, man. That stuff doesn't happen to most people. I don't. I don't that's a yeah. that's a lot of stuff in one story that doesn't happen to almost anyone else. Yeah, stuff like that doesn't just happen. Uh, but hey, what do I know? But I think uh, I, the other the other thing, real quick, the other thing I thought was crazy is that his wife brought like two of her friends. Oh, she did. Yes, I forgot him. that. I forgot to leave that. Like yeah. that. Like you got as I I can't imagine the conversation that went on beforehand. Like, hey, you know, like were they hyping each other? Like, oh, I mean, you're bro, gonna yeah. go confront a professional athlete with a gun. Like that's yeah. That there's not a whole lot of ways that that ends. And and there's not I like that's a big deal. And like I I can't imagine calling up one of my buddies and being like, hey, I'm gonna go scare the shit out of whoever. You with me? You in? Let's do it. Like I I don't know. It's just I I would love to know what the conversation was beforehand. Right. Who yeah, I don't know. Who would have thought that you know Earl Thomas getting stiff armed and made like look like a bitch from Derrick Henry would be the second most embarrassing thing to happen to him this year so far. Yeah. Hey, stuff happens. Stuff happens. <laughs> Bread it to the head every weekend. It's an usual weekend. That's wild. Um, I guess at one point they were um, like in the altercation that originally happened, like when Earl was getting ready to like leave the house and go to his brother's. Um, I, I guess she had like chased him around the car as well um, with like, I don't remember if it was a gun or a knife, but um, there was like a whole bunch of stuff that was happening um, prior to him getting in bed with his brother. Um, which is the only way I'm going to leave that. I'm not even going to fact check that there are women. Um, Earl Thomas was naked in the bed with his brother. That's it, mm-hmm. period. Um, but uh, the the last thing I'll leave off with this, which I thought was quite funny, is not only after the whole event happened as far as, you know, she found him in bed, but, like, after, like, he was trying to get the gun away from her, she yelled, and she goes, she she took pointed the gun at the other women and she said, I got something for all you hoes. So like, like, not only was she going after Earl, but she was ready to like take out the women too. So that's wild, dude. That's like a healthy relationship. Yeah. It sounds like relationship goals all around. There's every relationship in that story. sounds just completely just normal. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I sleeping in bed with, my brother is something I usually do <laughs> once and then never lifetime. Uh, but yeah, so I'm going anyway, to cut that. Up. <laughs> yeah. Clip that. Yeah. Someone you, clip that. You, you, uh, you left a really long pause right there <laughs> at the wrong spot. Hey, listen, you know, I just, just the way I think my guy, um, I don't know, man. I don't know. I thought I'd be interested to see if anybody, uh, during this year, like asks him about it as far as like, you know, in a report or anything, if he goes for uh, like a news conference or anything. And I, I would for sure 100% be interested in hearing what the locker room banter will be um, if the season happens. Like when he goes back and he sees his friends like in the locker room and he's just like, like Lamar Jackson goes up to him and he's like, hey, man, how about that? Uh, how about that offseason mishap you had? <laughs> it's like, how do you even like talk about that? Because then it's like, I don't know, man, things get weird because you can't just pull like what Ryan said and just be like, you know, stuff happens that, that your, your friends in the locker room and your and your uh, teammates aren't going to let that slide, man. He's going to get roasted in the locker room for a hot minute, I feel, um, which 
Speaking of the Baltimore Ravens, this is the only transition I know how to make with this because really there's no transition for, for this story. Um, if you can find one, by all means, you should probably run this podcast. But um, going from sleeping in bed with your brother to the easiest and hardest schedules for the 2020 season. Um, so I, I found some information I was interested in, you know, after the schedule releases were done, um, I was interested in seeing some different analyst uh, viewpoints of the strength of schedule for each team. So I found a, a website, um, it's sporting news, but, uh, what I liked about mostly about the website was they ranked the 2020 season for each team. And I mean, I'm sure obviously other websites do this, but they went off the opponent's 2019 win percentage. So they look at the 2020 schedule for each team, and then they look at their win percentage for the last year's team, and then they base that off of, okay, how many teams did, is this team going to play that were above 500 or below 500, yada, yada. So would they have a chance of winning or losing? And, um, and then they break it down to the actual wins and losses and ties, which I thought was interesting. So uh, starting with the easiest – um, and this doesn't come really to any shock, um, as two of them are AFC North teams. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens have the, uh, number one easiest schedule. They, yeah, I know. Shocking, right? Um, the Baltimore Ravens have a 0.438, uh, win percentage of opponent ranking win percentage from 2019. So the... Uh, teams that they're playing last season ranked at 112 and 144. So 112 wins, 144 losses. The second easiest schedule is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Once again, another AFC North team. At a, a 457, they have a 117 win percentage. Uh, excuse me, 117 wins, 139 losses um, for the teams that they play. And then and third is the Dallas Cowboys with a uh, 459. So it looks like the Ravens and the Steelers should theoretically have easy routes to playoffs this year. However, the Steelers, it'll be a little bit harder because obviously right now it seems that the Ravens are going to be running that division. So if the Ravens get in, their only chance will be by a wild card. Um, and then the Dallas Cowboys have an easy schedule, but they have a trash quarterback. Um, now they don't <laughs> with the quarterback they got, Andy Dalton. But... Not very often is the backup quarterback better than the starter. So, Ryan, how do you feel about the Ravens having the easiest schedule? Because now I feel like even though they're good, with an easy schedule, you really can't even trash talk. Because it's like, of course, they're just going to have a walk in the park to the playoffs. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's going to be the same as kind of like the Patriots last year, where the Patriots were just mowing through everyone. And all year, everyone was just like, oh, we don't know how good the Patriots are because their schedule's so easy. Um, so... But I don't care. I mean, I would take it any day of the week over the toughest schedule. So, and I think everyone else would, if they're being honest. And so, I mean, you know, the Ravens, I think most experts would say they had the best draft. They have the easiest schedule. We have the league MVP. Um, No excuses this year. We have it made for us. We have the path laid down and I am expecting us to go deep. And so I'm super excited. Could not be happier. That's a cop out, man. That is a cop out. (laughs) I was hoping... You know, because the thing is, is you hate to see teams that are like legitimately good. Like, for example, like the Chiefs, like I would hate to see the Chiefs have like the easiest schedule because don't get me wrong. Like, it's fun watching Patrick Mahomes, like sling the ball, like 400 yards a game and like left handed passes and all that crazy stuff. 
but it's not that much fun when you're watching them just like murder teams like 48 to like three. I disagree. I disagree. I mean, have you seen Lamar? Ja- it's gonna look like a Madden game. Lamar Jackson's gonna break. He if he stays healthy with this schedule, he has the potential to just absolutely destroy the records he set last year. Which is, right. you know, people love that. People love records being set. People love, you know, things happening that have never been done. And seeing, you know, players like a Lamar Jackson just go off game after game. And, yeah. you know, obviously I am biased. And I well, that's what I was see that saying. happen. And so I get it because, you know, last year, I, you know, I've obviously been as critical of the Patriots and Tom Brady as anyone. And so I understand where you're coming from because last year I felt the exact same way towards them. And I got sick of everyone saying that they were going to go undefeated. And I I honestly hope – I kind of hope if we lose, we lose early, just like last year, just so we don't have to hear the whole, oh, they're going to be undefeated thing all year because I just – that just gets worn out so fast. But, no, I got no complaints. Yeah, I mean, my thing is, is so since it's obviously for you being a Ravens fan, that makes sense because you'd probably want an easier schedule. But for teams that I'm not a fan of, but I like to watch, um, I don't like seeing easy games. It just bothers me because it's like I'm not a fan of that team. So if I watch them, I'd rather at least watch like a good game while I'm watching them. Uh, um so if I was a fan of a team that had an easy schedule, like, for example, like I'm a fan of the Bengals and they have the 27th easiest schedule. Um, so that makes me happy because, like, there should be um, no, some potential. Uh, well, there should be some potential for them to, like, have a decent opportunity to, like, go like six and ten. So you're telling new. me if you could pick it was the 27th easiest? Correct. Meaning the fifth hardest. No, 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 no. 27 e- easiest. So wouldn't it be the fifth easiest? Fifth easiest. My apologies. Okay. Yes, 27 okay. Hard. Yes, okay. My, my Got it. My I was like, bro, you are lying to me if you're telling me you wanted to have the fifth hardest schedule. <laughs> no, my apologies. Yes, the, the fifth easiest, tw- 27th ranked out of all 32 teams. So fifth easiest. So, like, that's good for the team that you are rooting for, obviously. Yeah. But it bothers me, like, for example... Like what you said, I don't like watching teams that are already good just walk through the season because then it doesn't show me how good that team truly is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because then it's like, like you said with the Patriots, it's like, oh, the Patriots are just mowing everybody down, but we don't really know how good they are because they play the Dolphins twice a year and the Dolphins suck. So, like, that's two easy wins. Like, right. And things like that, even though I feel like sometimes when they play the Dolphins, well, it really and- actually isn't as easy of a win as it should be. But... um. Anyway, with that being said, that just annoys me because I want to watch a good game if I'm watching a team that I'm not a fan of. I like watching good games, like competitive games. I'm not saying I like watching defensive games because don't get me wrong. Like, I got to see some scoring. Defensive games suck. By the way, if you want to see a defensive game, watch a Colts-Bengals game. They never get above, like, 25. <laughs> I mean, seriously, ask Logan. Logan's a Bengals fan. Logan, when was the last time you saw a Colts-Bengals game that went above, like, like 40 combined points? Mm, I couldn't tell you. Exactly. I don't think there ever has been one. It's literally always like 13 to nine or like 17 to like 14 or something <laughs> stupid. So, yeah, I will uh, say I, I the only thing that I could say I would get sick of with the way the Ravens are set up is and kind of similar to Ohio State last year. We had Chase Young. Everyone, if you're into football, you know who Chase Young is by now. And he was amazing player, probably one of the best defensive linemen I've ever seen college football. 
And that's great. And it was fun to watch him. But the problem was every single game, they would have to have this whole segment talking about how good he is. And they would just repeat the exact same stuff. And it got really old and it just it was just beating a dead horse by the end of the season. And so, yeah, I don't know. Whenever I just feel like the media recycles all the same headlines all the time. And so, like I said, if 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 we get halfway through the season and they're undefeated, then they're just going to absolutely go hard just saying that, oh, they're going to be undefeated. And I'll get real tired of those kind of headlines really fast. Right. So um, and the same stuff that the Patriots had last year where just nobody knew how to gauge them. Right. Um, and then especially come playoffs, they were out fairly early, especially for their standards, um, despite the season they had and despite the defense they had. So but I, I the other thing that makes it hard is fantasy football, because you never know how to gauge. You never know. Oh, should I go against this defense? Are they actually good or do they just have a weak schedule or so? I'm, I am kind of looking forward to having some players going crazy in fantasy football. Right. Right. Yes, I agree. Um, but speaking of the Patriots, um, I'd like to talk about the hardest schedules because one that I find interesting is so, and I, I mean, I don't know that this is necessarily directly correlated. Maybe it is, but the uh, New England Patriots have the hardest schedule this season. They have a uh, an opponent 2019 win percentage of a 537. Um, so the opponents they play are typically pro or above 500 teams. Um, the New York Jets have the second hardest schedule at a 533 win percentage. And the Miami Dolphins have a 529 uh, at the third hardest schedule. And so the correlation there is that all three of those teams are in the AFC East. And so the Patriots are interesting this year because they don't have Tom Brady. And we don't really know what the quarterback situation is. The Jets are interesting because... I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I didn't see anything overly um, optimistic about the Jets draft picks no. this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dar- when so, Darnold had mono last year, so I don't know if their record last year is necessarily a fair. That's what I was going to say. They went seven, seven and nine last year. But like, I honestly like like with the Jets team, it, it wouldn't shock me if they went below seven and nine. But it also wouldn't shock me if they went like eight and eight. Yeah. But yeah, like, I agree. They're neither here nor there. I mean, they might pick up an extra win or two maybe this season, but then again, they have the third hardest schedule or the second hardest schedule, excuse me. So like maybe they won't like maybe they'll be worse than seven and nine this year. And then the Dolphins are interesting because they went five and 11 last year, but they picked up Tua obviously. So they've, they've made some pretty good changes. I think the Dolphins had a pretty good draft year this year, yeah. uh, primarily just because they obviously had so many freaking draft picks. Um, but the thing is with the AFC East right now, and then the Bills came in second at 10 and 6, and I don't know really what the Bills did positive, you know, to make the team better, but I also don't know that they needed that much more because a 10 and 6 in the AFC East is a pretty good schedule or a pretty good record. Yeah, they also and feel now young. That the, yeah, now that the Patriots don't have Tom Brady, like, and we really don't know what their quarterback situation is, and to be quite honest with you, we really don't even know what the patriot situation is or like if they're going to just tank it out for a year or like really what they're going to do so like the afc east could be a real big toss-up but three of the four teams have the hardest schedules right. oh so like they beyond well, I, I know might be good it's going to be a struggle for them i know i looked they i mean got absolutely destroyed i mean they have to play the afc west 
So they get Mahomes, they get, you know, the Raiders should be better. The Buccaneers should be better. The, yeah. who's the last one, the rate or not the Raiders. Um, oh my gosh. I don't know who the other team is. And then they have the NFC West and the NFC West was the best division last year. I mean, Russell Wilson, you know, yeah. Garoppolo, yeah. Uh, the Cardinals are going to be a lot better too. So, and the Rams, you know, I think the Rams might take a step back, but I mean, even if, yeah, all, all three, it obviously makes sense that it's kind of a perfect storm that they're playing all the teams out West this year. And all right. the teams out West seem to be on the rise or this year too. Right. Um, is that, and you were, you were saying that's the Dolphins? Or is that the um, which team? That's, both, both, that's so their that's division. All, all, yeah, the oh, whole division oh, okay. plays Sorry. those two divisions this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was looking for the Patriots with them having the hardest schedule. So beyond, because um, I'm obviously not looking at um, preseason games, but if you're looking at, so I mean, this is is just wild. Because if you think about it, the Patriots have to play the Chiefs. 49ers, obviously they have to play all divisional games, so the Bills will be tough for them. The Jets could be a surprise. They have to play the Texans. The, the Ravens. Chargers. Yeah, the Ravens. The Ram- I mean, like, like honestly, looking at the Patriots' schedule, there's probably less than, like, honestly, probably less than five games that I could honestly say right here, right now, no Tom Brady, that I would even guarantee them win. I yeah. might give them two wins over the Dolphins still. I might give them one yeah, with, play the Broncos one against give, the Jets. Yeah. I don't even know if I'd give them both against the bills. I'll probably give them one against the bills. Uh, I don't know the bills, the bills. I think the bills are the real deal this year. Right. I and feel like their I defense even is time even saying insane. one against the bills. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they got, if they lost both to the bills. Yeah. And I might give them the Cardinals and the chargers. So what? That's literally like four or five games. I just said right there. So maybe, maybe six. Let so, me ask you real quick for the, the Patriots specifically, you know, if Tom Brady is like this, you know, greatest of all time has this massive change to the team. How like at what point, how many wins would they have to get to for you to question whether that's actually the case or not? Or, or would that not matter? Would this season if, for the Patriots not matter? Yeah, no, that's a good question. Logan, do you do you do you have an answer to that? And then I'll, I'll follow up. I'd say five. So if they, if they if the Patriots get five wins, you'd kind of be like, ah, I don't know, I don't know about Brady. Yeah, I would yeah. say so. Okay. Yeah, I say especially especially with that schedule. If yeah, they had yeah. Like a schedule they had last year. Yeah. Where I'd say at least eight, eight, one and, yeah. Ten and, yeah. I mean, honestly, um, no, I agree. I was gonna I was gonna go probably six. Yeah. Um, five or six. The thing is, is this is a really tough year to like judge that off of because of course this had to be the year that the Patriots had the toughest schedule being literally the year right after they lose their you know what Ryan was basically saying their all-star quarterback because it's always been the Brady Belichick show and so I love what Ryan has said like in the way past episodes like is this really a Tom Brady team or is this a Bill Belichick team right and I've been a firm believer that Bill Belichick you could give him any quarterback like an Andy Dalton and he can go eight and eight like that's well, that's how I feel. The other thing is, it could be both of them. Like, I mean, yeah. if, if they both turn around this year, and, and if the Buccaneers suck and the Patriots suck, you know, 
maybe they both needed each other. Who knows? But right. um, I feel like this year, one way or the other, I feel like we're going to get a better feel for which one of those two it is. Exactly. It's so tough right now with the Patriots because they don't have like no nobody knows what their quarterback situation right. is or what they're going to do. So without knowing that, like I can't justify or give them any sort of like 100 percent um, as far as like what's going to happen, because with the virus, I can't even look up like any practice or anything about what's going on with their quarterback, you know, like right. with their with like their who's taking reps. Their yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly. So I don't even know, like. They're, they're saying that um that that uh, Jarrett Stidham like there was a an article just posted um that he was like the king of Friday Night Lights like apparently he was like a god when it came to like <laughs> high school games and stuff and like I don't know what his like college you know or anything was um I think but, he went to Auburn I'm almost yeah. positive he went to Auburn and yeah he did okay but he wasn't great exactly so that that to me is just like I mean, you know, the Patriots got Tom Brady in like the fifth round. Like they're obviously notorious for picking up these, you know, quarterbacks that go really late and they can pretty much make somebody out of nobody. So you can take a nobody and put them on the Patriots and there are somebody. Look at Rex Burkhead. Uh, It happened to him. He went over the Patriots. He starts lighting this shit up. Well, I mean, Uh, even the other quarterbacks they've had, like when when Brady's been hurt, you know, Jacoby Brissett was a third stringer and came in and won a few games. I think he went. Yeah, I think he won three for four or something when he had his little stint there. And so it's like no one expected that. So, yeah, I could totally see Stidham panning out somehow. Yeah, it's weird, man. It just happened to be the year that this had to be the year. So I think this is really going to be the testament to whether this is like, is this Bill Belichick's team or was this Tom Brady's team? Right. You know, who's going to really be able to prove? I don't think Tom Brady's going to struggle personally. If I had to think about it, I think Tom Brady is successful over in um, Tampa Bay. And then I think. Bill Belichick has a tough year this year, but I think they get some solid draft picks next year. Maybe they go six and ten this year. They get some decent solid draft picks, and, and um, maybe they slide a quarterback in the second round, or they make a few trades to trade up to get a quarterback. I don't know. Um, it's really tough to say, depending on if their quarterback situation pans out this year or not. Cam Newton's still on the market. Um, I mean, I don't know, dude. The whole thing's you know is weird. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is not happy over in Green right. Bay right now. And I don't know about you, but like Aaron <laughs> Rodgers would like perfectly fit that system. <laughs> that would piss so, me off so much. Exactly. So it, it's just weird, man. But as far as uh, schedule strengths go, um, that's kind of where we're looking at um, with that. Now, um, just to kind of make this can be real brief, doesn't need to be that long. Um, but I'll open up the floor to you, Logan. Top. We're going to go ahead and we're going to do a, uh, a prediction of the top two teams in each conference that you think um, from this year. So two teams from the AFC that are going to be the, the number one and number two team, and then two teams from the NFC. Who do you think, Logan, AFC, top two teams? Are we talking like the at the end of the regular season, or is this the AFC-NFC championship game? Championship game. Championship game. Okay. I got Chiefs 12-4, and four, Bills 11-5 and five for the AFC. Okay. And then NFC, the Seahawks, ten and six, you know, like always. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll I'll go Bucks, and they'll be a wild card, nine and seven, and make okay. it there too. Nice. Okay. Uh, Ryan. Yeah. So in the AFC, I gotta go with my Ravens. I'll go twelve and four. 
Um, and then I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the Titans, make another sneaky late run, ten and six. Um, I think that they're better late in the season. You got Derrick Henry, and no one wants to tackle late in the season. Um, so I think they they make another playoff run. Um, in the NFC, I would probably stick with the 49ers. Um, I feel like they didn't lose anyone. I feel like they've they've actually added some good pieces and signed a couple people for another year or two. Um, and then I would I'd probably have them at um, 11 and five. And then I'd probably take the Saints at 11 and five for my other team. Um, okay. I think they have they have a crazy good roster, offense and defense. And um, I think overall, top to bottom, I think you could easily say they're the best team in the NFL just on paper. Um, and so I haven't actually looked into their schedule that hard, but I feel like I feel like they could definitely make a run. Yeah, agreed. OK, so I'm going to go, um, you know, a couple of my teams were taken in there. So I'm I'm going to I'm going to jump ship and try to uh, try to make this a little bit more interesting just to have something different. Um, as far as the AFC, I can't really change anything too much there other than I mean, I think the Chiefs will be in there at like 13 and three. Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't even care how hard the the schedule is for the Chiefs. It it just it to me it just seems like they'll just run through anybody anyway. Um, but just because I was interested in seeing it, um, it looks like the Chiefs are ranked out of uh, 32. They um, are ranked at. Let me see here. I'm gonna go ahead and pull this up. They're ranked. Uh, they're tied for 18th um, for the 18th uh, hardest schedule. Um, or I guess you would consider that to be the, what, 14th easiest schedule. Um, so they're, they're pretty much right in the middle. Um, their opponent records is 500 on the dot um, that they play this year. So um, basically, if you put a 500 team, like an 8-8 eight eight team against the Chiefs, I think the Chiefs beat an 8-8 eight eight team pretty much most of the time, um, other than they might have a few losses here. So I'll go Chiefs. Um, and then I'm, I'm going to go Ravens as well. Um, I'm going to say that the Ravens get like a 12 and four, um, something like that around there. And then um, here's where I'm going to differ. NFC, um, I know there's a lot of weird stuff going on over at Green Bay right now, but I'm hmm. going to pull for Green Bay. Um, I mean, shockingly, last year they went 13 and three. Um, yeah, they were in the NFC championship last year. Right. And their home uh, play was seven and one. So I think they're hard as hell to beat at home. Um, so I'm going to go Packers. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go uh, probably more of like an 11 and five for them this year. Um, I don't know if the drama and everything that's going on there kind of lowers them for that. Um, I will give a shout out to the Vikings. I don't think the Vikings will make it, but I am going to give them a shout out. Um, and then my last is going to go Saints, um, which... Mm-hmm. I think the Saints are just, I don't know, the Saints, Sean Payton is just like, I don't know, man. He's just, him and Drew Brees have a real good connection. If Other than maybe like a Belichick-Brady like combo or duo as far as like coach and quarterback connection, like I'd say Sean Payton and, and Drew Brees definitely have something there that most um, head coaches and quarterbacks don't have. So I think maybe they go, um, I'm going to give them uh, a 12-4. and four. I do think... The, the one thing that I think Logan brought up um, their record away in the playoffs. I think he brought that up last the last recording we had. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what the record was off the top of my head. But I think, you know, them being in division with the Bucks. if the Bucks go off and then the Saints don't get home field advantage in the playoffs, that could be an issue for them. Yeah. So that's yeah. the only thing I that's the only real reason I could see them not getting to the NFC championship game. But who knows? Yeah, well. Is so the Saints only have to go through the Falcons and the Panthers, 
um, as far as those, those teams are in their division, and I don't think either of those teams are really going to put up too much of a fight for them. Although I will admit the Falcons did go 7-9 and nine last year. But if the Buccaneers were able to go 7-9 and nine with, with Jameis Winston, which right. keep in mind, like, Blind yes, James he Winston. threw a lot of interceptions. <laughs> like, I, I know I know he went 30 for 30, but at the same time, the dude slung the ball like 5,000 yards. Yeah. So, like, yeah, take away, you know, some of his credit because of the amount of interceptions he threw. But I think having a Tom Brady in a Gronk addition gives them maybe three more wins at minimum. Uh, you forgetting about so Gronk. So maybe you take them. Yeah, you take them to like a 10 and six or maybe an 11 and five. Yeah. And they're right up there with the Saints. And if yeah. two of those wins come from the Saints, that literally puts the Buccaneers at potentially an 11 and five and the Saints at an 11. And yeah. five. So mm-hmm. it could definitely be a toss up right there. Um, two wins away from the Saints that the Bucks take both of their games against the Saints. Like you're going to see I, I personally think you'll see a tight, tight, tight um, wrap up to the NFC South. Uh, based on just just that alone, because I think the Saints will pretty much I don't want to say sweep everybody else, but I think they'll probably pick up two wins against the Falcons. And I know for sure they'll probably pick up two wins against the Panthers. Um, but Christian McCaffrey's going to run and run, run, run. So it won't matter. Um, but anyway, hey, that'll wrap us up with on the Falcons. Yeah, that's a tough division. Really, man. Yeah, that's true. That is true. I didn't I did not credit the Falcons for that. Um, but Matty Ice has just not been clutch. Um, yeah, you know, not like sure. it was when they, they had that Super Bowl run. Um, but that'll kind of wrap us up. Can I, the, uh, NFL. Can yeah, I ask one more? I'm looking at the the Dolphins and the Jets schedule. I don't think I've ever yeah. seen this. They yeah, play they each played, other yep. back this. to back. There's a bye week in between, you know, the fifth. I think it's for one of them or it might be for both. But they play on November 15th and then on November 29th. With nobody yeah. in between. I know the Jets I don't think have I've buy. ever seen that before yeah. in my life. Yeah. Yeah, that's got to be kind of weird. I don't know how you. I. Yeah. I. I. Because so you have pre- so long to prepare right. for them the second time after you already prepared for them. That yeah. seems exactly. Like, that seems like kind of a waste almost. You're gonna prepare for them for a week before the first game. You're gonna prepare for them for a week during your buy, and you're gonna prepare yeah. for them for a week <laughs> to play another game. That's what literally do you do if you won? three weeks in a row that you are preparing for that one other team. If, if you beat them the first time, how do you prepare for two weeks for the team that you just beat? Like, I, that seems like it's a waste well, of if you blow them out, like, if you blow yeah. them out, then it's literally just, like, just do what we just did. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, I hate to say it, but I don't think either head coach for either the Jets or the – you said it was the Jets and Dolphins, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think either head coach for the Jets or Dolphins are going to make any type of drastic changes between the week. Of, of the bye week or enough that'll make a difference. Like, for example, like if the Jets beat the Dolphins like 35 to like seven, then I don't think the Jets are going to change that much going into, you know, the next game. But I also don't know that the Dolphins will make enough of a change to close the gap from 35 to seven to maybe like 35 to 14. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. That's I've never seen that I before. Just, good, good, good point, Logan. We'll have to bring that up during that three weeks. They both have a bye week the same week. Yeah. <laughs> of course. That's crazy. So, yeah. So they're both literally for three weeks just going to like watch nothing but film on the other yeah, team. That's crazy. And yeah. So that that's pretty wild. Um, I don't know. I wonder if like the if the league kind of like noticed that they did that. If that was like like an I don't want to say like intentional, but if it was one of those things like afterwards they're like oh. Like, look at that. Like, I didn't I didn't, I didn't, even know we were going to do that. Like, that's wild. Or if they were just like, hey, 
for three weeks, let's just make it like the fucking Jets and Dolphins. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, everybody loves the Jets and Dolphins for three weeks. So that's pretty funny. Maybe that'll be one of the games I go to if I can go to a game this year. Um, if they have fans. Um, yeah, that'd be funny. So, uh, yeah, good good uh, way to point that out, Logan. I like that. Um, I got no transition for this one, sorry. Um, but MLB uh, had to slide something in there um, about the MLB. Obviously, nothing has been going on with the MLB because the season hasn't started. And so uh, there's really not been any acquisitions or uh, anything wild to report there. But um, there was an article recently posted saying that the MLB is planning for the 2020 season to include about 80 games with an expanded playoff. Um, so if the MLB season happens, it'll be a half season. Um, so that's pretty much the only update that I have for that. Um, to no avail or not really shockingly, uh, we've said this before. Um, I think an 80 game season should probably be standard, uh, for the MLB because I feel like playing 160 games is just like overkill. Um, but, I mean, that's just how I feel. Um, I don't know how you guys think about that, but I think it'll be interesting to have an 80-game season if it happens this season because I think there may be a lot of people uh, who end up liking that, like MLB fans themselves might end up liking that. Um, I feel like if you lessen the games, that just shows how much more valuable the games mm, are. Yep. Um, because, like, 162 games, it's like you could literally, like, in the months of, like, June – you could win like four games and lose like 17 and you'd be like, Oh, doesn't matter. We got next month. Like it's just, I don't know. It's such a long season and there's so many games and you play each team, like three game series or four game series. You play like a team like, Oh, we're going to play like the New York Mets Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday. Like it's the only sport where you literally play other than in the playoffs, like the NBA uh, where you play a team multiple, multiple times over in a row and then move on. Um, it's pretty annoying. So I don't know how you guys feel about that. Logan, what do you think about a shortened season? I was going to say exactly what you said. The games mean more, uh, fans will be a lot more engaged as far as, you know, watching it on TV most likely, but you know, what, like 162 games. I mean, I remember my, what my parents do, they just have the games on as background noise and don't really, you know, give a rat's ass like what's right. happening unless the reds are up to bat you know and you compare that to you know a nfl game where you know if you go away or have it on the background for like an hour you know a lot's gonna ha- a lot's gonna change but you could be gone from a baseball game in an hour and it's like oh still zero zero of game 64 of the season right it's like and we're we're 32 and 31 you know like right. oh well we're in the hunt I think this will obviously make it a lot better. Obviously, expanding the playoffs. Playoff baseball is a lot more intense. You know, the stadiums are always packed for it. Obviously, it might not be for this year. But I I always watch baseball just for the playoffs in the playoffs. Because it it has some meaning to each game. And every at-bat and every pitch has a lot more on the line with it. And you can tell from the players – that it that it means more to them now than it ever has been. Yeah, I agree. It's um, I don't think I've ever made it through the halfway point of an MLB season and like 
even cared about the games anymore. Even if honestly, if my team that I watched or liked was in the lead for their division, like literally by the time you've watched like 80 of the 162 games, you, you get to the point where you're like, I didn't even care. Literally just bring on October. Like <laughs> I could give a shit less about this because it's so repetitive. Um, yeah, I agree. And I think it, it, it helps the athletes because it's less playing time. So therefore it's like less strenuous on the body. You have pitchers. So you have to less to worry about for Tommy John surgery. And That's stuff. what I was going to say. Um, yeah. You have a lot less injuries because let's be real here. Like playing a, like playing 162 of anything um, continuously, as far as like a major like sport or professional sport would like that take a serious toll on your body. Like, even if it is just baseball and you're just going out to like, stand or whatever you know because sometimes you know some innings you literally just stand out in left field and you don't do anything um the amount of like training they do and all that i mean it's just crazy it literally lasts forever it, i think it's got to be the longest month-to-month sport i mean I, i've never i've honestly never looked at each sport and looked at how long each sport is in play but i mean baseball is literally what march to october i mean mm-hmm. it literally covers six Full months. So I don't know very many other sports that cover a full six months that are so engaged as far as a team playing 162 times. So, yeah, um, one, I, I think it'd be good. The one question I had, and I, you guys might be able to give me a little bit more insight on this. I never played baseball. I think you guys had both said you did. Um, yeah. But, you know, if you have half the games – are pitchers going to be able to pitch harder because they're not going to have to leave as much in the tank for that long of a season? Um, and they wouldn't be as worried about, you know, just general fatigue of going twice the amount of time? Or is that not really something that's a thing? No, that's that's a good question. Um, Logan, go ahead. You, you I, add it and I'll, I'll add in whatever I think. I, I don't – maybe later in the year they might have that hesitancy to – not pitch as hard, but I think, you know, when this in the beginning of the season, I don't think that's a doubt in their mind. They're just kind of going out there, and if they need an extra day's rest, they, you know, they might get six or seven days instead of the usual five if they really, if it warrants it. But I don't think in their minds it's ever, oh, I need to save a little bit for October, which is in, you know, two or three months. I don't okay. think so. Yeah, I think um, I think the other thing that would be interesting for pitchers' sake would be so typically, I mean, and I, I could be wrong here, but I'm pretty sure on average you have like a seven pitcher rotation, six or seven pitcher rotation, starting pitcher, um, really five main, and then you have like a backup or two just in case like one of your, you know, your main starters gets hurt. Um, so the interesting thing is, is typically, and Logan, you might correct me if I'm wrong on this. But I think after you pitch, you usually take a five day or five, excuse me, five game break. Right? Correct. Yeah. And then you, yeah, then you're in the rotation again. So the interesting thing is if you lowered the amount of games, you'd obviously not be playing as many games per week. So do you go lesser pitchers and allow your pitchers to pitch more um, or continue to pitch the amount that they pitch or if you lower the amount of games to 80, but you still keep a five to seven starting pitcher rotation, each of your pitchers only pitches like 10 times an entire season. 
which is basically on average maybe twice a month. You know what I mean? And so that'd be interesting because if you think about it, the less you see a pitcher pitch, the harder it is to hit against them Mm -hmm. because you don't know what pitches they're throwing or how they're throwing, yada, yada, yada. Um, But also less pitchers would mean that your current, your actual pitchers that you have, like let's say you lowered like four or whatever, um, like what Ryan said, maybe they can pitch a little bit harder or I don't know. So that'd be something interesting to see that if they lowered the amount of games, um, how often it would change the rotation for pitchers, um, how often it would change the rotation for um, position players, like your second baseman or something, like who you give an off game, you know, maybe once or twice a month, um, something like that. So it'd be something interesting to see. Um, so I think this is, this is a really good year if the MLB season happens and they do 80 games in the extended playoff. Like, this would be a really good, like, basis, and we'd have to see, like, what the fans would like. Um, and I think that, that you could go from there. So good question, Ryan. Um, speaking of uh, resting people, uh, NBA is. news. Yeah, there it is. Uh, I know. I'm good. Hey, I'm two getting better. I'm uh, getting better. Uh, Kevin Durant. Uh, it has been reported by Adrian Wojnarowski um, saying that Kevin Durant will uh, not play for the Nets for the rest of the season if uh, the NBA does resume. Um, a lot of people, uh, obviously specifically Nets fans, were thinking that uh, with this whole coronavirus thing, if it pushed the season back, um, it would give Kevin Durant a little bit more of an opportunity to continue to heal for, for his Achilles injury. Um, but I believe the Nets franchises basically came out and just said, listen, if the rest of the season happens, there's no reason for us to, um, play him, you know, just let him sit out for the remainder of the season, basically because this season doesn't really matter. Um, I guess is kind of how they're looking at that. Um, and I didn't honestly look, I was going to, um, so I'll look at it now. Maybe seventh in the East. Okay. That's what I was getting ready to say. I didn't think they were ranked that high. Um, obviously they've They've not even had Kyrie or Kevin Durant for a majority of the season. So uh, I don't think the expectations of this season were that high for the Nets anyway, knowing that the two players had injuries. Um, so do you think if Kevin Durant was healthy, Logan, would you would you would you play him if the season continued? Or do you think what the Nets are thinking to do is smart? Well, I, I think it has a lot to do with what happened with him last year. You yeah. know, mm. they he came back, you know, early or shouldn't have come back at all. And I think for this year, it's even, he said in the beginning of the year, I'm not going to come back. Like I'm not playing all year. And then I think with how the season obviously has unfolded, it's a very unique season. I I think whoever does win, if they do play, it's kind of going to be a asterisk sort of season. I don't think it's going to mean the same as, all the other years of 82 full games has been with this, you know, two month hiatus. So I think he's just shocking it up to look, we're probably, I'm not going to win it. Even if I do come back with a seven seed and we play, you know, the bucks, if we move down to the eight seed or um, I forget who, I don't remember who the two seed is right now. Raptors. Um, the Raptors. It's, it's not worth him trying to re-enter himself or, you know, say he's one of the best players again, just chalk it up to another injury in Corona and wait for next year to have a healthy team and uh, a healthy yourself, obviously, and, and get it done then. Cause I think that was the plan from the beginning. And 
there's no point to to risk next year just for you know winning a couple games in the playoffs. Yeah, it's the thing that's so tough about like that whole conversation is I I hate seeing players who are able to play sit and not play. Um, And that's in any sport. You know what I mean? Especially like somebody of like a Kevin Durant caliber. Um, Obviously, I think what Logan said is right. It's it's the smart thing to do. The smart thing is to not play him. um, And the safe thing to do is to not play him. But as like a fan of the of the sport in general, it sucks because it's like if I turned on the Nets game, like I'd obviously want to watch Kyrie and and Kevin Durant. Um, And it just hurts to know that it's like, oh, there's 15 games left in the season. Like. You know, we probably have a chance at maybe making it to the playoffs, but it's it might be a long shot. But we're not going to play Kevin, even though he's like fully healthy. You know what I mean? And that like that sucks, but it definitely makes the most sense. It just sucks for a person who enjoys the sport. So um, but, you know, you could say that about any sport with any athlete. Um, And that that kind of goes against the whole like athletes resting thing, because I kind of think that that's bull, Um, even though some would argue that. My all-time favorite player, LeBron James, was like one of the people who started that. Um, but I really don't know that that was a LeBron-started thing. I definitely know he participated in that, but I don't know that that was by choice. Go ahead, Ryan. I would I would say the I think the other reason that they're not they don't have very high hopes is right now in the standings they are eight and a half games back from sixth, um, and so. That's a pretty strong chance. Even if you're in the playoffs, you're going to be a seven or eight seed. Um, So that means you're either playing the Bucks, who you definitely don't want to play, or you're probably going to play right now Raptors or Celtics. And And you don't want against any of those teams. I don't even think they have a chance. Right. You would. You. It'd probably be a long series, and that's probably not where you'd want to bring KD back to. Um, so yeah, I understand that they wouldn't be confident in this, this season's playoffs and probably rest them, but yeah, no, I agree with you. It does, it does suck for that. Just, just cause you don't get to see those players in their prime more or less. Um, just cause they're sitting out and saving it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. It, um, it, it definitely makes the most sense. I don't think the Nets have a chance. Um, I don't know if that makes Kevin Durant mad because I know you have to believe as an athlete, like when the whole coronavirus thing happened, like, yeah, it sucked. But knowing that it was pushing back the season, I personally believe at some point Kevin Durant probably sat there and thought like, oh, like I might have a chance of playing this season. Like if this gets delayed like a month or two months, because we're already on like two months, you know, two months. Yeah. Right. At that point, like at some point you wonder if Kevin Durant, like it went through his head, like if this gets delayed a month or two months, like I might have a chance at playing. And now that we're on month two and we still have no word if, if the season's even going to happen um, or finish, like I'm sure at some point Kevin Durant sat there and thought, Hey, I'll try to fight. You know, if I'm good to go and I'm healthy, I'll risk the last, you know, partial part of the season to see if we can't get that six seed. Cause sometimes that's just natural instinct of like an athlete is even though you were hurt, if you're good to go, even if there really isn't that much of a chance left for your team to actually make it to the playoffs, like you still want to play your sport. You know what I mean? Cause you enjoy it. So beyond it being like, Oh, like I'm playing to get us to the playoffs. It, it literally could literally just be like, Oh, I'm playing just to get reps in. Like even if you played them maybe 10 minutes a game, 15 minutes a game, you know, just to get them reacclimated, you know, it's something that I'm sure Kevin Durant thought about. So I'm sure the shutdown for him may not have been easy. 
Um, but I could be wrong. He could have been, you know, behind the forefront of that and said, hey, you know, I want to make the final call. I don't want to come back um, this season, even if there is, you know, a delay in three months and then we come back. So definitely something that uh, we'll keep an eye out on, whether Kevin Durant said that or, or where that's really coming from. Um, like I said, Adrian Wojnarowski uh, was the one who reported it, but it, it, there was, it wasn't very clear, concise, whether that was coming straight from the Nets office or, or if that was like a Kevin Durant decision or what. So um, drama, 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 uh, and even more drama in the NBA uh, is Zion Williamson, um, everybody's golden child of the year, um, or what was supposed to be golden child of the year. Um, you know, he starts off with an injury. And then this whole thing happens. This has just not been a good rookie year for him. Uh, but to add uh, a little insult to injury, uh, Zion Williamson was asked to admit that his parents received money and gifts from Duke, Nike, and Adidas. So essentially the, the, the story of it all is that the attorneys that represented Zion Williamson's marketing representative um, or his former marketing representative um, they asked the New Orleans Pelicans, uh, or they asked him, excuse me, to admit that his mom and stepfather demanded and received gifts, uh, such as like money and other benefits, um, on behalf of Adidas and Nike. And they're saying that that's what swayed him to go to Duke. So essentially, I guess, basically to round it out, make it simple is, the media is saying that Zion Williamson's parents and family asked Nike and Adidas to give them money and incentives in order for him to go to Duke. So then when he went to Duke, he asked for more different uh, other money and other incentives um, and gifts and whatnot um, in order to be able to uh, represent Duke and make money as an, a college athlete, obviously. So, Ryan, what do you make of this whole thing? Well, first of all, I just wanted to ask you as a completely unbiased UNC fan, um, do you think UNC would ever take part in such a thing? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously. Oh, um, you do? We're, oh, all right, all right. We're not, we're not, we're not more on the like money given <laughs> thing. We're more on the academic side fraud. Oh, yeah. um, you right. know, if you if you if you're familiar with UNC basketball a few years ago, uh, it came out that they were making fake classes um, for their athletes. Um, they were putting them in like psychology 101 and what they would do is they would filter all of the athletes into that that psychology 101 class and then they would tell the professor of that class like everybody's got to get a C or higher and the professor got paid his money he didn't have to really grade anything um, the athletes got good grades so they had high GPAs so everything seemed good there um, yeah super scandal thing so I don't know if they're into the whole like we're going to give money but they're definitely like given free A's. Right. Well, but, so uh, my, my but it's larger more point. Of a right. Right. Obviously. My larger point is that um, I feel like everyone kind of knows this stuff happens under the table and with just about every team and every big name player. And so I think it gets drawn more to Duke and UNC than, you know, maybe like Ohio State. Ohio State doesn't get as many big name players, obviously, in basketball. Right. Um, I'm sure it happens in football, too. It's a but, yeah, Kansas, you know. Yeah, right. But my my problem is, what does Zion Williamson care if this comes out now? Like this does he he just got paid. He's still gonna get paid. He's the face of a franchise in the NBA now. He's obviously the biggest you know rising star. He's gonna have uh, you know advertising deals out the wazoo. 
Um, and so I guess you have to, the only thing you're doing by this is either punishing Duke or punishing Adidas and Nike. Um, and my problem with punishing Duke is that more often than not, this kind of thing ends up punishing the players for Duke. Um, like when Ohio State had their thing where Terrell Pryor was trading his rings for tattoos and stuff, um, that, you know, that Jim Trestle lied about it. And then so Jim Trestle got in trouble and, you know, there was an entire season or two of Ohio State football that was kind of thrown away just because of all that. And that ended up punishing all the players that weren't even involved in it. And all the players that were involved with it just left and got their money anyway. And so my problem with this kind of thing is I feel like more often than not, the players that have nothing to do with this are the ones that end up getting hit the hardest by the repercussions. And I feel like if you're going to do anything, you need to go to Adidas and Nike really hard um, and try to just absolutely hit them with everything you got if you really want to stop this. Or you just start paying them. The Which that just got um, released. Because now student athletes can now make money off their likeliness. Um, right. So, yeah, I agree. I think everybody's known that this has been happening under the table. Um, so there's no shock to that. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, yeah, and? You know, it's like, we've known this. So, um, yeah, I agree. It's not It's not going to do anything to Zion. If he gets in trouble, he's just going to pay the money he owes and call it a day. Right. Um and it's not going to do anything to Nike or Adidas because they're multi-billion dollar companies, so it's not really going to hurt them. And on the surface, they're probably going to laugh and say, like, yeah, we do this with literally every player, so what's the big deal? <laughs> so, like, I, I agree. Like, what's the point you're trying to prove or what, you know, what's going to surface out of this? Um, and I, I, I don't – I can't imagine or know what's going to come out of it, but I know Zion Williamson is probably sitting there. And being a multi-million dollar, you know, athlete um, who, like you said, is the face of a franchise, uh, I'm sure he's got attorneys and he's going to consult them and he's going to squash this and get this over real quick. Um, you know, typically when somebody sues somebody, it's because they're out for their money or their likeliness or something. So I really don't know what the moral of this story is um, or why it's happening. Because I really don't feel like Zion Williamson is in a lose-lose position, kind of like what you yeah. said, Ryan. I, I, I don't know. Um, it doesn't prove us anything because we know colleges give athletes money and scholarships and things that are under the table that they work things around. We know Nike and Adidas pays athletes or at least gives them shoes or makes you know things happen for them that, once again, probably should or shouldn't. Um, I mean, this is all pretty apparent stuff. I don't think any of it is very, very new so yeah um i don't it, it is what it, it is what it is you know what i mean it's like dude's gonna make his money nobody's gonna care it's not gonna matter in five years anyway because athletes are getting paid this coming season assuming that the college season happens um, which is great because they should deserve to get paid um you know they, they can't even hold like a part-time job hardly because of all the amount of hours they put into their sport so um i don't think it's a bad thing um but yeah Interesting. We'll keep up with it. Um, it's This is fresh. This is real fresh, so we don't really know what's going on with it, um, but we'll keep it up. Um, there is no segment from the NBA to Marble 1. I don't even know how to do that. Like, <laughs> talking about balls to marbles, like, I don't, I don't know what I would even say. Um, so, uh, with that being said, I always let Ryan run the Marble 1 because this is his baby. So, mm -hmm. Ryan, I'm going to let you uh, take over the helm here and uh, give us an update on what's going on with Marbula 1. All right. As always, I'll give a little spoiler alert. 
If you haven't watched it, you want to watch it, pause it now, watch it. Otherwise, I'm about to spoil it for you. But so we were uh, season one, race two was this week. Um, it was at the O-Rangers uh, home track. They qualified second to last. Um, the the previous week, Savage Speeders were at their home track and they qualified dead last. So maybe this is a little bit of nerves. Uh, maybe something else. I don't know. Um, but so uh, it was very a lot more interesting of a race this time around. Uh, my Midnight Wasps, they uh, started off in the pole after having a pretty abysmal week last week. Um, I had both my Savage Speeders and Midnight Wasps were in the top five for a good chunk of the race. And then the Midnight Wasps got completely screwed by the system. They fell off the elevator. Um, it, it ended up dead last. It completely oh. ruined the race for them. It was, uh, I, I want to appeal, personally. Um, I was thinking about sending an appeal to the, the league commissioner. Um, see if we can get something done. Uh, it was ridiculous. I'll break out my violin for you. Uh, please do. Um, but so the Savage Speeders ended up coming second, my Savage Speeders, um, which brought me home 18 points. Uh, Midnight Wasps got last place, so they didn't get any. Uh, Logan had Hazers come in third again, uh, up in the top three, another podium. Uh, the Hazers and Savage Speeders were going back and forth for most of the race. It was pretty, pretty entertaining. Um, and his snowballs actually, they started out pretty, pretty poorly. They were in the back. Um, I believe they were second or third to last for a good chunk of the beginning, and they made a run all the way up to sixth. So Logan ended up with 23 points this week. And Chase, Chase, he had a bad week, bud. Oh, uh, man. Came it was the, after winning last week. Um, and Balls of Chaos rounded out with 10th. So Chase got a whopping one point this week. Um, mm. So uh, now our total scores for the season through two races, Logan's got 56 um, I passed Chase, I got 30, and I got one fastest lap, and Chase has 26. So Logan is kicking all of our asses right now. Um, Chase, how are you feeling about your uh, your boys? Dude, I'm telling you right here, right now, it was it it was nothing but that track. I'm telling you right now, <laughs> my dudes came ready to go. The problem was that they got to that elevator thing, and they were like, they didn't know what to do. Um, so hey, listen, all I gotta say is we'll bounce back. Um, I'm telling you right here, right now, my scouting team is strong. I know what we got. Um, mm-hmm. we're, we're kind of like the UNC of, uh, this, this past year, um, before March Madness didn't happen. You know, we had like all <laughs> the right tools and we had all the right people. We had like a very good draft class or a, a very good recruiting class, but then like they just didn't mesh, you know? So we're kind of in that phase. Like this week was like a non meshing phase. It was kind of like, What's going on here? Um, as you can tell, like last week, Team Galactic got first, but Balls of Chaos got 11th. Um, Balls of Chaos, it just they're ruining everything for the the team, and um, they're setting a bad vibe, and Team Galactic is falling into that trap. And so Team Galactic went from first to 12th because they're, they're messing around with Balls of Chaos, and uh, <laughs> they need to get Balls of Chaos on their side so that way this doesn't happen again. So, so I will I'm, say— I'm feeling good about next week. This track was a little bit more unique. There was like a little, uh, more or less a rally portion in the middle, uh, which was something I personally was not expecting. Um, but Logan, where, where, did you think uh, your hazers and your snowballs came prepared for that? We we always do a lot of prep work, a lot of long nights. Again, the analytics crew putting right. the teams on their back. Um, can't get too cocky. Last two weeks have been really good for our team, so 
keep that mindset and don't get overzealous because it's a long season still to go. Yeah, that is for sure. Yeah, that no, I mean, I'm happy with my Savage Speeders. Uh, they, they, you know, after last week starting dead last, made a run all the way up to fifth. Um, this week, you know, they were up at the top for the, almost the whole race. They were top five. Um, at the very end, they made a run. They tried to steal first. Uh, they just couldn't quite do it. Uh, but I'll definitely take second, my first podium. Uh, could not be happier with that. And again, still salty about the Wasps. Uh, we had it. I had, you know, third and fourth for a good majority in the middle of the race. And then, you know, just absolute just garbage facilities. Um, really disappointed. Um, I, I just I, there will be an appeal coming. Yeah, 100 percent. Believe me, I'm on that note, too. Go ahead and put my name on that appeal. We'll do. Um, I'll sign it. Um, so. Love that. That's going to wrap us up with all of our uh, normal stuff that we always have and talk about. Of course, we always end our episodes with our hot takes. Um, Ryan, I will open up the floor for your hot take. All right. So um, a lot of people may know ESPN is getting more and more desperate um, as there are no sports going on. And so they have started doing lists for the NBA for the 74 best, you know, individual seasons, shoes, whatever, um, because there have been 74 NBA seasons. And so they're just going through um, and just coming up with these lists because I guess that's the best they can do. Um, and the individual seasons actually caught my attention and I went through. Um, there were a lot of seasons, you know, from way back in the day that I had never really, you know, heard a lot about or obviously I didn't watch it. Um, and so I got a little bit curious and started looking some some stats up and just just seeing what I thought. And of course, they had Michael Jordan as the best season um, was one shocker. of his championship years. Yeah, shocker. Um, but I was doing a little bit of research and I came up with one that I think is undoubtedly the best individual season by a player of all time. And for me, it is 8384. Um, actually, I think it's no 9394 uh, Rockets. Hakeem Olajuwon. The guy was unbelievable. This was during Michael Jordan's um, retirement when he went to when he went to baseball. And so, you know, this is the same teams that all the, the Bulls that they were all playing in the 90s. You know, it was the bad boy Pistons. It was it was all the same same guys. I was right in the middle of that. So on this team, the other than Olajuwon, the entire rest of his roster for the rest of their careers, had a combined zero Hall of Famers and two All-Star Game selections. Their entire careers, okay? So this is a pretty bad team. So in the regular season, he was second in blocks, third in minutes played, third in points scored, third in player efficiency rating, and fourth in rebounds. So he was doing it all. He led his team in points. He led them in blocks. He led them in rebounds and minutes in the regular season. And in the playoffs... He led them in points, blocks, steals, assists, rebounds, and minutes. Okay, so he was doing everything. He was doing everything you could ask. Um, during the regular season, he won the regular season MVP. He won the finals MVP. He won defensive player of the year, and they won the championship. That's never been done by anyone but him in this season. So he's getting everything you can possibly think of, all these awards. Um he also had a game-winning last-second block in Game 6 to force Game 7 in the finals. And in the finals, he was against the Knicks. He was against, you know, Patrick Ewing. You might have heard of him. Um, amazing Hall of Fame player. He was directly guarding him the whole game. He was getting guarded by Ewing the whole game. Um, and in this era, you know, he was 
directly guarding David Robinson, uh, young Shaq, Dikembe Mutombo. You know, he had top tier, a uh, lot of Hall of Famers that he was directly responsible for guarding um, and also, you know, having to beat down low um, and at the rim. And uh, this is the first time the foreign player had won the MVP. It was Houston's first championship since 1961. Um, I just I don't know how you can have a better season than that. You know, and I think especially considering how poor his team was, just his surrounding cast. You know, if you look at if you look at Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan was obviously a great player. And we're not going to get into this whole debate again. But Scottie Pippen, this same year when when Michael Jordan had been uh, retired and was going to baseball, whatever. Scottie Pippen got third in the MVP voting. OK, he's an amazing player on his own. That was the exact same team, same competition again. And so, and I mean, the Bulls were, I, I believe they lost to the Knicks in seven games, which is the team that the Rockets ended up beating. Um, and so I just, it, I can't wrap my mind around anyone having a better season than Olajuwon, just leading in every major category and just carrying his team through the playoffs and getting every major individual award. It just, it's never been done. Um, and I just, I was amazed. They had this listed at the 31st best season of all time. And it just blows my mind. I just don't understand it. It pissed me now, off the more I looked in. Was that yep. based on individual players or was that entire team? I think the, uh, the, uh, the list was based on individual players. Okay. Um, and I, I was, the, 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 the justification I saw was that I think they did it based off of win shares, um, okay. which seems like kind of a lazy way to do it in my opinion. Um, yeah. But, you know, to each his own, I guess. But the other season that wasn't even on there was uh, you guys might have heard, you know, Russell Westbrook averaged a triple double. Yeah. Um, you know, if you, and so for 40 years, Oscar Robinson was the only person to ever have done that in a season just Ooh, on his own averaging. Tri and exactly. You see. Yeah. He um, and back in the day, you know, that was in the 60s. That was that was absolutely insane. No one had done that. And again, it went 40 years without ever being uh, uh, repeated. And that wasn't even on their list of the 74 best seasons of individual. Wow. I just I was because that was what I actually immediately thought of. And I was trying to find out where it was on their list. And I didn't find that. And I stumbled upon Elijah ones. And that one, I just it blew me out of the water how good he was and how bad their team was. Um, yeah. So I just I couldn't did believe they, it. Did they have the. Um... Because I wasn't sure if it was individual player or if it was team. Did they have a Steph Curry from 2015, 2016 with the 73 and nine, or like a Clay Thompson, or did they did they even mint like was that even like a mention or anything? I think they have as... Steph Curry towards the end of the list. Okay, I would guess somewhere in the 50s or 60s. I can't thing, remember. The only thing that would have that would have coincided with that season was the fact that they lost, blew a 3-1 lead. You know. Yeah. So yeah. that would have been the only negative, but like 73 and nine season, like I don't even, I think everybody pretty much blew up that season for the Warriors. I mean, I yeah, think, that's why it's hard uh, to, I guess, add that right. in there. You just couldn't, how good yeah, the team you couldn't is. do an individual, and, right. But I also so, think you can do that with the Bulls. Um, and you know, a lot of LeBron's teams too. Uh, and I just, yeah. I don't know. I was looking and I, I'm a big stats guy, but stats to me are really important in context. And that's why. You know, I went and looked up his roster and how many just all-star appearances, because I think that says a lot just about if you're really at the top of your game in your profession and at your position, then, you know, that helps a lot. Like Scottie Pippen had a bunch of all-star games. He's an awesome player. And so I yeah. think saying that Michael Jordan did it all on his own is just absurd to me. Right, right.
I agree with that. I do agree with that. That's an interesting. Um, I'll have to go back and watch that episode. I did not watch that that ESPN episode, but I know that they've been digging pretty deep for for some content and stuff during this time. Um, and they've been pulling out like you know the top like 100 plays or 100 dunks yeah. of the entire NBA, like you know 74 seasons or whatever. So that stuff's interesting. I'll have to keep an eye on all that stuff. But it's something we'll definitely continue to head on. But I like I like the point that you have there. Um, that's interesting. At uh, I had never went back that far with most of those games either to see like the seasons that the people had. So uh, I definitely wouldn't have thought to even uh, look back and, and look at the statistics for um, anybody probably past when I started watching basketball in like the yeah. mid-2000s. Like my earliest basketball memory is probably, you know, like the big three in the Boston Celtics. Well, like, I just that's you know, probably if, when I remember started watching basketball. If anyone, you know, in this day and age got regular season MVP, finals MVP, won the championship and defensive player of the year like that, that's just insane. And yeah, I can't yeah. even, you know, like I, I don't think LeBron's ever gotten defensive player of the year. Um, the only person that might be able to do that is like a Kawhi because he yeah, is maybe, both defensive but, and offensive. But I mean, he takes it easy in the regular season. You know, we were talking about people resting. Um, yeah. and you know, Hakeem led his team in minutes and he was third in the NBA in minutes. And so it just, I, it's just unbelievable. I can't think of a single player in this day and age that would even come close to that. Yeah, I agree. I love that. That's a good hot take, my guy. That is a good one. I do appreciate that one. Um, Logan, what do you have? Logan's is interesting because we don't even know what the hell he's going to say. Cause he said that he did this on his own. So it's like, wow. So I don't even know what the guy's going to say right now. So I'm interested. So this one, it's another quarterback. It's a, a common theme of mine. Um, but I will say by the time the 2021 NFL season begins, Deshaun Watson won't be a Houston Texan. Ooh. Uh, okay. Right now, he's still on his rookie salary. Yep. The cap hit is about $4 million. That is 31st in all of quarterbacks. So if you're thinking DeAndre Hopkins got pushed away, why? Because he kind of wanted more money. I already kind of have a feeling Deshaun isn't too happy that they got rid of one of his good friends, obviously a top three receiver in the league, because they're already kind of getting itchy and, oh, we don't have enough money to spend for you, so we'll trade you away. They got David Johnson whose contract is not very light on their, on their cap hit. Um, they just paid Laramie Tunsil. You know, they're trying to build around him, even though they're still are losing a lot of cash next yeah. season. He's going to, his base salary is going to be 17 million. That's up 16 million from this year. So mm-hmm. if you can only imagine how they're trying to grasp at straws to keep a good roster together around him, um, imagine when he's going from the 31st quarterback to, I believe it's, you know, 15th in, you know, how much money they're going to be paying him. Yeah. I, unless he really loves it there, loves the community, he obviously can negotiate and they're going to pay him whatever, obviously the market is for quarterbacks at that time. If I were him, you know, I don't know why you would stay there if they're moving pieces away from you and they haven't given you a decent offensive line in the three seasons that you've been there with them. Um, So obviously they're going to try to trade him if he is not going to re-up and re-sign his contract going into next year, especially with the the cap hit that's going to be taking. And I'm sure they can make a pretty penny 
off of what people have seen from him, especially I remember the first year he played when he went up, went into New England and Tom Brady being Tom Brady had to throw like a 40 year bomb to Brandon Cooks in the last second yeah. to beat him. And then the other game that I remember is when he went into Seattle and dropped, you know, I think it was 49 points. And Russell Wilson had to have a last set minute drive and kick a field goal, I believe, to beat them there. So he obviously has a ton of potential and they could get a ton of draft picks for him. So if a team, say the Patriots or I don't know, the Raiders, who kind of are in that, you know, middle zone, the purgatory of do we have a quarterback? Do we not? They do surprisingly get like five or six wins and take themselves out of the, you know, Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. I don't know, uh, Justin Fields, if he's going to come out this year either. I know he's another type recruit. And they make a move, trade for him, and obviously give up a ton of, of draft capital if they have it. But the stars are aligning that it's it's right about that time he hasn't signed or they haven't given him a contract renewal yet. So just something to to keep an eye out for. Yes, I like that. And, you know, honestly, the the Texans, like their organization is just a burning pile of trash <laughs> because of how much their organization is literally just turned upside down this season. Like it feels like they have made all the wrong moves intentionally. But then again, I think about it and I'm like, maybe it isn't intentional. And so I, I don't even know, like, honestly, um, it's, it's crazy. Um, so I, I'm with you. I don't, if I'm Deshaun Watson, I probably don't even want to stay there, especially considering the fact that you said they haven't given him an offensive line. Um, but yeah, if you trade away one of my best friends who also happened to be like a top five wide receiver or top three, arguably, um, you didn't pay me what I thought I was deserved or probably weren't willing to pay me what I was deserved because there's one thing to say like, Oh, we don't have enough money to pay you what you are, what you deserve, but we want to pay you that. We'll, we'll just, you know, keep that in mind the next time we re up your contract versus like literally looking at somebody in the eyes and just being like, you're not worth that. You know what I mean? So I don't know which route the Texans would take on that. Um, I feel like if you want my honest opinion, they'd probably take the latter and they'd probably just be like, yeah, Deshaun, we don't really think you're worth 17 million a year. Like, and I really don't even see them like trying to negotiate off that. I really just feel like they'd probably be assholes about it. So yeah, I don't know that I would stay there. Um, and I also really don't know what Deshaun Watson has going for him there as far as like, you know, what, what would be so great about staying in Houston? Um, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of quarterback openings that could happen within a year or two, like potentially think about who might retire. Okay. You you got, I mean, the whole Drew Brees situation is kind of weird because they hired or they got, um, Jameis and it seems like he might be like the next procedure for them, I guess, maybe. Exactly. Uh, I was going to mention that next. Um, ben Roethlisberger might retire in a year or two. Um, I Rivers. mean, Matt, yeah, Matt Ryan may not be a Falcon for the rest of his career. Um, I don't know. Um, Aaron Rodgers is definitely not digging uh, Green Bay, but Green Bay took a quarterback, but maybe they wouldn't keep him as, a, I don't know, a long-term investment. Um, I mean, the, the list just goes on and on and on and on for quarterbacks who may not work. So I think Deshaun Watson definitely has a, an opportunity to potentially leave and go somewhere where he might be more valued and more useful. 
more targets. So uh, real quick. So the other thing that I think is interesting is they're not the only team that's going through this. Um, I know that the Chiefs gave Mahomes a fifth year. They extended his his uh, current contract. And so I think right now he's making like under a million uh, because he's still in his rookie contract and he was he was a later draft pick. Um, And I'm pretty sure he's making like 24, 25 million next year. Um, And so it's kind of, you know, where does that money come from? And I feel like that they will definitely stick with Mahomes because I I think most people think he's the next guy that's going to be, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, whatever. Um, But, you know, if you just throw 20 million at someone like that out of nowhere, obviously that's got to come from somewhere. And so. It, uh, and that's part of the reason I didn't have the Chiefs in my uh, semifinal pick. I kind of feel like, you know, you you got to make some trades or something to f- either free up that money or get rid of whoever's going to be uh, taking all that money. And I, 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 yeah, I mean, there's, there like, the Ravens are probably going to be in that spot not too long um, when Lamar's contract runs up. And, you know, all these younger quarterbacks in general, I think that the teams are going to run into, do we keep them and sacrifice elsewhere, or do we just try to trade them away and get what we can? Yeah, they're saying, um, Chris Collinsworth said that, no doubt, and this is pretty obvious and self-explanatory, but that um, Patrick Mahomes is going to be the highest paid player in the league next year Yeah. Um, when he gets mm-hmm. his contract. He says that if it comes in at anything less than $50 million hmm. per year, he would be surprised. Yeah, but some of that goes to signing bonus. That's true, right? So, which doesn't count for your cap. And so, I I think I read somewhere that they were guessing twenty four, twenty five mil against the okay. cap. And that's okay. a, I mean that's a lot. That's so much. Um. So I just I don't yeah. know where that comes from. Ah, I don't know, dude. Making gotta gotta make. It's win now mode for them. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, the other honestly, thing I was gonna. Yeah. yeah this is their that might be the their last later. season. Yeah, worry about the money later if they get to that. It's you got the money now and the season's able to happen because you, you and I mean they might go over, you know, and pay the pay the fee because it is win now mode. You know what I mean? It's one of those right. things where it's like we'll bust our salary cap and, and do whatever we gotta do to make this work. Um and maybe trade away a few higher paid players that really aren't doing a whole lot and take a few lower paid players that maybe can suffice for what Patrick Mahomes needs. Um, or, you know, whatever else, maybe on defense. Um, but it's definitely, yeah, Logan's right. It is definitely win now mode for them. So they're going to do whatever it takes and they ain't moving from Patrick Mahomes. That's for sure. So yeah, they're going to take care of him first and then worry about everybody else. Rightfully so. Um, yeah, to wrap up our, uh, hot take, um, mine is, is real simple. Um, I think that the coronavirus situation has given Rob Manfred, uh, an opportunity to maybe start reconsidering his punishment for the Astros. And so with all this time on his hand, I feel that he should reconsider uh, potentially banning them from playoff contention this season. Um, I mm. feel like if this season happens, this would be the season that it should happen. Um, a, it's a shortened season um, or potentially it's, it's going to be a shortened season without a doubt. Um, how shortened, we don't know. But essentially, like, if you look at it this way, um, this and this MLB season doesn't really I don't want to say it doesn't count, but it I mean, it really is up in the air because it's not a normal season. So, you know, it's always going to be one of those seasons where this, the entire season has an asterisk by its name, much like the Astros uh, World Series should. So 
Um, I think this season upcoming really doesn't matter all that much. So if you're going to ban them, maybe give them a ban this season. And because, you know, they're probably going to be good this season, if, even if they only play 80 games um, and ban them out of the playoff contention for this season and just call it like just like call it like a fresh start. Be like, all right, this season doesn't really matter. It's a shortened season. We're going to ban you guys in playoff contention. Um, it is what it is. 2021, you can reevaluate and go from there. So he's got the time to, to make that decision. The season hasn't started. Um, I think with an 80-game schedule and a shortened season, uh, that even that has even shortened the opportunity for, for players on the Astros to be beamed. So I definitely <laughs> think you're going to start to <laughs> see some – <laughs> there's going to be some priority um, right from the get-go. If this season happens, there's going to be some priority for beaming those Family players. The under. Yeah. yeah, I was about to say, or if that under is still, still Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, man. Can it be? I mean, wow. Um, yeah, so it's, uh, I, I don't know. I think that Rob Manfred didn't make the right decision in the first place anyway, but I think this is giving him nothing but time to fix that. Um, but he won't because it's Rob Manfred. But um, but he should. So that's how I feel about that. Do you think that if they ban them from playoff contention, that they wouldn't start any of their like big name players in the regular season? Um, probably not. I mean, I think they'd still play them. Um, only because I don't know. That gets into a really weird situation. Because as much as you'd want to admit that if you didn't start your star players, you'd want to think that your starters would probably still take everything pretty serious. But then you look at Ben Roethlisberger, and then you're like, wow, if you give this dude any off time, he's going to really fuck himself up. <laughs> so I would – I mean, I would think that maybe like Jose Altuve would like stay in good shape, but I don't know. Um, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know if you, I mean, it, the season doesn't matter. So theoretically, I guess you technically wouldn't, but baseball is not a high contact sport anyway. Yeah. So like, are you really worried about that much injury? I don't know. It's, I, I don't, don't know. know, man. They, well, the, I, it, like they probably wouldn't use any of the starting pitchers. I feel like, you know, I feel like uh, pitchers probably, probably get not. the most injuries. Yeah. Um, Tommy Johns, you know, yeah. You don't want your pitcher getting back hit at you at like 135 yeah. mile an hour. I mean, you don't want your your prized pitcher getting Tommy John surgery in the season where you couldn't even reach the playoffs. So I don't know. I'd be curious to see how if that happened, or maybe maybe you just ban the individual players that were a part of it. Yeah, I I had thought about that being a uh, an option, but then it was like I think it would be funnier if the entire team got banned yeah. because then it's even like the players who were like, I told you guys this was not a good idea to cheat. Like, those dudes have to suffer, too. Yeah. Because, um, like, surely, like, somebody on that team was just like, listen, I don't want to be involved in this. Like, I'm not about this whole thing. Um, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe everybody in that clubhouse was just like, yeah, let's just cheat. Um, but I'd, I'd like to think that there was at least one or two good guys that were like, yeah, like, I, I really didn't want to be a part of that. Um, and so those dudes should probably have to suffer, too. Uh, because yeah. it was overall, it, it was a team decision. Um, I mean, fucking even the managers knew about it, you know, um, yeah. and the GM. So it's it's not like, you know, if you if you only blame the people that were doing like physically, you know, banging on the trash cans and stuff like that. Um, I feel like there's just not enough evidence to be able to say like, oh, we're only going to ban like 
12 of like the 30 people or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's, I, I think it's either, it's gotta be an all or none. Um, and clearly Rob Manfred went with none. Um, I mean, he did, I guess, technically ban the GM for like what, three years or something like that. Um, but I mean, it's like, okay, the dude already got his money. He'll forever be able to say that he's got a world series. I mean, what does he care? You know? Um, so it is what it is. So I don't know. Um, I think Rob Manfred should do something about it. I think he's the yeah. weakest, um, you know, director of, of sports um, as that as that there is, commissioner that there is, but that's neither here nor there. So um, that'll wrap us up tonight, guys. Um, another good podcast. Uh, I, I know people are going to be going back to work. Uh, so, you know, getting back on the grind of maybe listening on your drive to work or on your way home from work, um, all that stuff. So make sure you guys are listening in. Uh, remember, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcast, um, SoundCloud. Uh, you know, give us a shout out. Twitter, Facebook. We do have a Facebook page. Um, you could uh, join us on Coming Off the Bench on our Facebook page. Um, so if that's something that you are interested in, uh, feel free to j- uh, go on there and give us a like on our Facebook page. Um, we are, you know, we're, we're closing the gap on the 500 listens uh, mark between all of our uh, streams between uh, Spotify, uh, Apple podcasts and all that. So, uh, I'm sure we'll definitely have a small celebration for the, uh, 1000th listen that we get. Um, so that might be a little bit off into the distance, but some of our episodes seem to make a really big hit, um, including some of them that like don't get big until like two weeks after they're already made, which seems to be quite funny. Um, I don't know how that works, but Hey, it is what it is. So, uh, yeah, but uh, appreciate you guys joining in with me tonight. Um, thanks for your time. Hope you guys have a good night. Uh, happy, happy Ryan. We'll go ahead and say it. Happy Mother's Day. Yeah, happy Monday. There it is. Stay sane and stay safe. I'll see you guys later. Beep.